What's up? Episode number 15 of Mob Ties. We talk about the most memorable workout we've done recently. We get out of our comfort zone. We talk about some tough decisions we've made this year, as well as whether or not we think we're leaders and what it takes to be a leader. And then last but not least, we talk about the mindset that, that holds people back the most when it comes to achieving their dreams. So make sure you guys have a listen, subscribe, like, follow me on Instagram, fuck them. Peace. <laughs> What's up? It is episode number 15 of Mob Ties with the homies. Guys, say what's up. What's up? Um, as usual, we got the homie Jared on the uh, third camera because we're fucking big time like that. We got three cameras. Um, anyway, today we have a cool couple questions. We're going to talk about like our most memorable workout of recent. Um, what's the last time we're out of our comfort zone? Um, tough decisions we've made this year, which kind of tie into each other, um, and a few things on now uh, mindsets we think people are limited by, and then last but not least, kind of our idea of a leader and if we think we are one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, anyway, we just came up with those questions like five minutes ago, so as usual, super prepared. Um, without further ado, how's everyone doing? How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Great. Very well. Love it. Um, before we really get into the episode, please, 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 please subscribe, refer a friend, like, follow us all on Instagram, do all that shit, um, would be dope, and yeah, if you can get a friend to listen, that'd be cool. Um, I've never heard anybody listen to it and be pissed that they listen to it. <laughs> so, I'm not saying they all love it, I'm just saying no one's ever hated <laughs> listening to this podcast. So, yeah. Um, anyway... Um, oh, also, today I'm going to work on something. Uh, I've had a couple people tell me that whenever Bliss talks, I cut her off, like, specifically. <laughs> so, I'm going to do my best. I've had, like, a, so I'm going to do my best to not <laughs> fucking talk when Bliss says it. And I genuinely think it's because I think we, yeah, we think similar thing. things. So, I, like, I get, when you say shit, I'm like, oh, bro! But, like, today I'm just not going to say shit. Because, fuck, I never cut off Joe because Joe, like... Can't That's even right. hear Joe, first of all. Yeah, and I'm so inspired by him He's that so calm, I just want to hear him speak. <laughs> um, anyway, so that I'm working on. Are we, we going to talk about the uh, workout that we had to do, too? Oh, yes, the workout we had to do. I haven't done mine yet because I'm still waiting on someone to write me one. Oh, yeah, I knew he was going to uh, Come on. Write me a workout. I'm sending you one today. So I woke up my ass all early to do it today. 6 a.m. and early, bro. <laughs> no, that was not when I woke up. That's not when I woke up. I woke up at 4 <laughs> to be there at 6. So who did it? Did any of you do it? I did. I no. D- no. Hear no. about his. He did it at his desk, turned on some serene music, yeah. and was like. I, I put. Hey, I fucking searched out a yoga answer. Be like, hey, my practice is different than yours. <laughs> so yoga. We never. We never specified a time limit. So the fact that I did. 15 minutes of yoga. Okay, I was like, bro, I'll get on YouTube and do a five-minute Zumba class, and I will have done that. What was yours supposed to be? I was going to go cycling, but I haven't had a chance. I'm going on Wednesday. I had a lot of... bullshit. How come... I had a lot of motivation. We did the podcast early this week, so I technically had two less days. Let's say we have until Thursday. Just wrap me work up, bro. Tomorrow's chest day, so I'm going to have plenty of... Oh, today's chest day. Tomorrow's leg day, so I'm going to have plenty of strength. It's legs. You know, legs is for pussies. Uh, um, so I have plenty of extra strength tomorrow, so I'll do it as my cardio. Just see the boy out. Anyway, um, cool. Anything new this week? Well, did you want to talk about your hot yoga? Yeah, tell us yeah, about your hot yoga experience. So I thought we had to have it done by today. So, <laughs> so I hit up uh, one of the girls at the gym, Sierra Rhodes. Good looking out because um, I knew she was all about that. So 
Uh, we couldn't make it yesterday, so I woke up early and went to what I thought was just going to be yoga and turned into hot yoga. You didn't know it was hot yoga? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather do hot yoga. It was like 95 degrees in there and hot yoga and my inflexible ass was trying to do everything I could do to at least not look like a complete idiot. And it, uh, it was fun. It was actually pretty, uh, quite a bit different and I'd probably do it every couple of weeks because it was just different. Yeah. I'm not, I tell you what, I ain't never gone to yoga with anybody like Sierra. If anybody, we can get Jaya. Anybody who can do a handstand, I ain't never fucking going to yoga with. No chance. If you can do a handstand. What up, bro? Hey, I told the uh, butt down to you guys. <laughs> Come on, guy. Look what you're doing. Yeah. Look what you're doing. See, this is what happens. It's what we got to do to get you on the fucking podcast. Nonetheless, you look great nonetheless. It's a total accident. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you. That list is there because that makes that group look That's right, baby. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you hate yourself, dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Um, anyway, so without further ado, we'll get into it. Uh, thanks to Nate for doing it. Um, yeah, during my yoga session, yeah, your yoga I just want to say, you know. No. No? No. He spent time doing something he actually preferred versus putting himself out of his comfort zone this morning. Where did you do the yoga at? In my, my bedroom. <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Actually, fuck this. I stretched yesterday. That's fucking... <laughs> No, for real, I fucking did 10 minutes of fucking stretching. That's out of my comfort zone. Right. Fuck stretching. The whole time of my, this is why I ain't never stretched. Stretching is the fucking worst. <laughs> so let me ask you, would you, if you had to go an hour stretching out of legs, what would you do? I like legs. You just said legs are for pussies. Yeah. No, I'm saying doing legs, I don't understand why everyone like hates on how hard legs are. I don't think it's that hard. You're not doing it right, dude. Legs <laughs> sucks, but I'm like, bro, I like legs. I think legs is dope because I don't get a fucking pump out of legs. You're not puffed? So I'm not puffed. So <laughs> legs is cool because to me, legs is the most mental p- struggle out of any workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you I like never it. never experienced a booty pump. <laughs> Firstly. <laughs> hey, I heard the fucking dopest thing. Shout out Wifey. She sent me a thing the other day and it was... Ref- it said, um, whenever you see someone who's got like big booty, you say, damn, check out that wagon. And you say, hey, that's a wagon. Because every time she walks in the room, it takes a couple extra seconds for her wagon to come in. And I'm like, that's the shit. So I got a wagon. That's your wife. So I, yeah, she sent me that. Because I got a fucking wagon. Anyway. Um, oh anyway. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Um, <laughs> quick little tip. Um, cause this podcast is off to a super professional start. <laughs> Quick little tip. I would say three exercises I recommend for booty growth, deficit step back lunges. So standing on like something elevated, like a plate doing step back lunges, uh, barbell elevated glute bridges. So when you're laying on a bench, you got a barbell on your hips, uh, glute bridges. And for me, uh, Bulgarian lunges with someone trying to force your knee inward and you have to oppose that mm. makes your glute work like crazy. What do you think? Is that good, Joe? I mean, I don't, I don't know where I got this booty. I was just He's like, got right. Steven down there like on the floor pushing that knee in. I'm telling you. I'm going to put out a booty video soon. So. Um, anyway, uh, first thing. Uh, what is the most memorable workout you've done recently and why was it memorable? Uh, for me, I will say... Uh, what's memorable for me recently? Uh, I, super, I did a, a, like a rumble boxing class. To me, workouts aren't mem- memorable necessarily because of the workout themselves. I super 
like workouts because of like the uh, emotion that it brings out. So I remember things that make me just like that feeling where you're just on top of the world, hyped, can take on anything. And I felt that. So for me, it's all about the environment and the experience. Um, I've had good workouts recently at like 24 hour fitness or something like that, but you're never gonna have a dope environment there. So I wasn't fucking finishing a set of push-ups, just fucking hyped as fuck. <laughs> so for me, it's all about experience, um, loud music, energy, that kind of shit. So that was probably my most memorable one. Mine would be, um, we, me and Joe did a workout last week that was um, one of Ryan Fisher's workouts. And it was really good, and I, it's very memorable because I was beating him at the very end. What do you mean beating? I was about to finish before you. Oh, you're talking about the shoulder press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to like finish with 50 barbell push press, and he was beating me up until we had to do these things called wall walks, and he did them super slow. And then so I was winning, and then he got all like butt hurt, and then I didn't get butt hurt. Yeah, he did, because then he starts grunting way more because he didn't <laughs> want me to beat him. And so we're both push pressing like so fast and then this fool's just like a psycho behind me and just ended up beating me by like 20 seconds, but yeah. So that was, it was actually really fun. It was like, it was like a 20 minute like burner, but yeah, it was a goodie for sure. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I did beat you. That's right. Anyways, this morning actually was interesting. I did the, a CrossFit workout, the open, the 19.4 for the second time. And I was pretty stoked because I beat. It's, there's a 12 minute time cap and I already knew when I was hitting that 12 minutes that I was going to beat my old score. So I was pretty stoked already. What was uh, it? It was, uh, you had to do snatches and burpees over the bar and you did some muscle ups and more burpees over the bar. Um, but uh, Tina, who was counting and timing me, she didn't realize it was a 12 minute time cap. So I can see the, the time and I see that it hit 12 minutes and I'm like, well, you know, what am I at? And she's like, you're at four, bur four burpees, keep going though. And I'm like, it, there's a time cap. She's like, so? I was like, fuck, okay. So I had to finish the workout, which I was still another set of 10 muscle-ups and another 12 burpees you know, away. And I think when you, don't when you don't think about, when you have a set end in mind and you think you're gonna be done <laughs> and there's another, you know, that much left, you don't, like, it, it's kind of a mind fuck when yeah. you have to do that. So I was like, shit, okay. And like, it took me another three or four minutes to finish those muscle-ups and burpees, but at the end, it was like shit. I, I wasn't expecting to go all the way, but I did, and uh, it was a good, uh, it was a good mental workout. You know, besides the fact that I was fucking burnt. You were dying at the end. I was dying. <laughs> Mine was actually a couple months ago, or at least a month ago, over at Encinitas. Um, they had that Fitbit thing going on there with Mike Rubakoff, and they had like 40 exercises. Um, There's like 100 people there, so kind of similar to what Mike was saying about the environment, the energy. It was just ridiculous how much energy there was um, and then there's some competitions between uh gyms after that and then you know vista took it home so i think that whole thing was pretty um pretty engaging a lot a lot of fun so that was probably what i remembered most recently yeah, yeah. um again i think it's important for you people listening to understand why i think we all thought a workout was memorable and i think it has nothing to do with the exercises that yeah. we did. It all had to do with like being pushed out of your comfort zone. Almost beating Joe. Competitive. Like competitive or like an experience or an emotion. So maybe that's a good thing to like trigger anybody trying to, who's not like super stimulated by their workouts right now. It could be because you're either A, not being pushed, B, you're not competing with yourself or someone else, or C, the environment just isn't conducive to like 
energy. Um, a lot of the time people look to the, am I doing the right exercises? Am I doing the right reps? Am I doing it? It fucking really doesn't mean shit. It's all what to do with. I mean, for me, I was, when I was out of shape for, for a number of years, a lot of it was due to the fact that I couldn't get energized or excited about working out, right? I couldn't, I didn't find that thing that, that really motivated me, so. That's true, 100%. Um, dope. Um, moving from then, and it kind of ties in, because I wrote dope questions, kind of, I guess, off the back of Bliss finding them, um, is when is the last time you're outside of your comfort zone? Doesn't have to be in fitness in general. Um, the feedback I always get from these things is that people super like when we're vulnerable because I think a lot of the times, uh, not a lot of people are in environments or have surroundings like we have where, like I don't know a single friend outside of this group that I would go and be like, hey bro, when's the last time you were outside of your comfort zone? <laughs> like fucking, first of all, if I said that to Steve, he'd tell me to, call me a pussy, he'd tell me to fuck off. So if I said, but I think it's cool and I think if you can find, so even if you can't, don't have anybody Listeners don't have anybody apart from us. Like, shit, DM me. I'll fucking tell you about my... I told someone my goal yesterday that I don't even fucking know. (laughs) And it sounds super dumb, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I'm always super open to talking about that shit. But I think it always, like, creates growth. Um, So when's the last time you're outside of your comfort zone, uh, Bliss? Um, Every time I contact Randall. (laughs) (laughs) I keep, uh, keep sliding the DMs. I went back up to... Live fit like what two weeks ago maybe, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there like the one Saturday he wasn't there because he was leaving out of town the next day. So um, I think he was like hanging out with the wifey and like preparing his nursery. But stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching his story all day to try to figure out like if he was gonna be there, and then as soon as I drove so all the way up there, <laughs> he posted a story like building his crib, and I was like, dang it. <laughs> so. First of all, maybe if I knew where he lived. Hey, I would. I, I, there's no fucking levels I wouldn't go to. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Jared looking at you all for creepy, but I know. <laughs> anyway, but I keep like, I don't know. I feel like super uncomfortable and uneasy every time I like contact him, and then I'll like ask him. Does he respond most of the time? No, he hasn't read a DM in like two weeks. I will say this. I put a new rule in, just something I want to try to do most days or something to remind myself because I realize how fucking big a tool it is. Uh, I put this thing in my thing that I have to DM someone every day that like inspires me. And sometimes someone, it won't be someone off the top of my head. Like I'll have to like literally actively just look through Instagram and be like, oh, whoever. Anyway, I've been DMing someone most days that like inspires me. I have had replies of this week at some time from people that I DM'd weeks ago. And they respond as if I'd just fucking messaged them. Part of me wants to be like, (laughs) held my breath. (laughs) The fuck? But so I will say, and at the same time, I'm like, bro, these people aren't reading these things. And I'm like, first of all, I ain't have no fucking followers. And I still have DMs that sometimes I don't even see that little thing in the top right because I don't follow them. And so I bet you it's that. Like, could you imagine how many people, like, I've D- I don't even want shit from fucking Randall and I've DM'd him fucking 10 times in the last couple of years. So, and he's never responded to me. And I bet you they're just chilling in the bottom. So of why do you think, what do you think they do then? Just like, oh, I think the same, what's the same thing is, is like, I think a lot of it has to do with like timing. Yeah. So I listened to Gary Vee talks about that same shit. He said, the dude who became his tra- trainer that trainer's career just fucking took off purely because he was Gary Vee's trainer. And he's like, do you know how many people had DM'd him to be his trainer before that? And he's like, it just happened to be the right fucking time. 
And I'll tell you again, like, there's been a shit ton of people that I've done that have been very similar, that have been like, I always try to lead with trying to give them something like of value or like, I think the best way to go about it is being very genuine. Like I think everybody knows the way to get to on someone you want to talk to these days or that you want to connect with on some level is to try to provide value. It's like, it's been talked about so much. I think the next level to that, that I've been thinking about much more is being organic about it. Being like, hey man, I'm hitting you up because I genuinely want to just be, be, in, be in your circle, make a connection. Um, like if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. And it, it's kind of humbling, but also I used to go about it being like, hey, I would love to provide this for you. And they know that you want something. Like I'm not just fucking reaching out to random ass people giving them stuff. So I think it's like being super organic. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's timing. Like he has, you've talked about being a lifted athlete. He has, or an athlete instead of an athlete. <laughs> You've been talking about being a lifted athlete. He just signed someone. Yeah. Blonde, fitness, positive chick. You're your own person, but at the same time, as I told her, I'm like, what, what was the differential? She found something that triggered him to make a decision. That doesn't necessarily mean that she's better than you. It just means that at that time, she figured out what was on his mind. Or, he had, or she had some type of leverage knowing somebody else. Yeah, and I'm like, there's an answer. We talked about it, and to me, I, it sounds very like voodoo bullshit, but like, I truly think this. There is a way to do anything in life. Like I, We've talked about this before. I think there's a way to do anything in life. There is a path, no matter how obscure the thing you want is. Sometimes you just don't get that path right, and that's why you didn't achieve that. Sometimes you don't even try to get on that path. Sometimes you start the path, get off it too soon, Sometimes you can't figure out the path. But Some people are on, ahead of you on the path too. That's the thing. Right, timing, whatever it is, 100%. But there is no doubt there's a path that leads to you being a lifted athlete, 100%. You can still do it. That's it's just whether or not you find it. Right. And so what my advice was, and it's hard, and it's like, when do you know when to, we had discussion, when do you know when to stop? Because yeah. at a certain point, it's like, fuck, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And I'm like, I don't think the answer is to ever stop. I just think the answer is to have that on the back burner and do something else or focus your attention to something else that will do a better job of opening the door over here. So we talked about and I'm like, hey look, maybe stop focusing so much on being a lifted athlete and start focusing on building your brand, your personal brand, reaching more people, doing videos, getting together with people that he knows and not even hitting him up. And then eventually when you hit him up, you have so much more leverage. And I'm like, that's hard because I'm, I'm the same. Like I've DM some people a lot of times and never got a response. And I'm like, when do you just stop? <coughs> but yeah, anyway, ran over. Um, but uh, are the other athletes that he has uh, under LiftFit, they have their own personal brands? Like you're trying to get your... No. Okay. No, they've like some, but his athletes have kind of like built something from becoming. But like the girl he just got didn't have like. She a, didn't. She only had like two thousand followers. Yeah, two thousand followers. She's just like. He actually put something out recently. Girl. It was like a picture, and he's like, he put out a picture recently, which was, what does he look for in athletes? Yes. Which was interesting, and he says he looks for people. He doesn't necessarily look for following. Mm-hmm. He looks for people that have. But he told you what he was looking for when yeah. you met with him, right? He didn't tell me. It was, he said he's looking for people who represent his brand and like, who like overall when people look at them, they they like live the live fit brand. They live fit. They live fit. 
But he said the one thing he said was like, he, he doesn't want someone who's just gone and repped a million brands because yeah. then it's not authentic. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, it's like... It's like Adidas hats. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, there's, you know how it is. Like, I know 10 people that have repped eight different supplement companies and fucking well, you were saying that four too. different meal prep companies. And well, that one, yeah. you were saying a couple of people would say no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden they carried more value because they kept declining yeah. until they got the right one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard because like there's money that you're Probably. giving out. Yeah. yeah. So I think for, for me, when it comes to the comfort zone, which is surprising, I didn't expect this to happen. But when I did the, and Jared can attest to this because he talked about it, but the first like three, I just talked in front of like, what, 20 or so CEOs or like executives or people that own businesses the other day at this like big ass law firm that was like the freaking table alone was probably like a $50,000 table. And it was like, I mean, it was it like was, an it, entrepreneur. Or like yeah, it, it, it was, I was just speaking in front of people about my journey, and yeah. motivation, and all that stuff because I was clearly 10 or 15 years younger than everybody else in there. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be nervous because I, I get rarely ever get nervous about things. And like the first couple of minutes, I started feeling like really anxious. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't ever get like this, right? And when Jared and I were talking afterwards, he goes, you seem a little bit nervous for the first like minute or two and then a second. And then all of a sudden you got in a groove and you were perfectly fine. And so that was outside of my comfort zone, which I didn't expect to happen. And it did for the first couple of minutes. And then, and then I'm like, and then once you start like getting your mind right, you're like, what the hell am I nervous about? Like, Especially when you start talking about like fitness and stuff like that, your confidence is up there because you know you're when you talk about fitness and most people in there weren't like that wasn't their big thing in their life. So if anything, it just made me feel more comfortable. Why did you? So, why do you think that happened? I don't know. It's a good question. I think it was more or less because I was probably playing the, the game in my own mind of like, oh, these a lot of these people are quite successful. I mean, a, a law office probably that does quarter, quarter you know, two hundred fifty million dollars in business a year and. And I was just like, just probably the environment as a whole. And I'm, I'm usually speaking to like students and stuff, right? So this is... So you think you're like, tied with your age too? Yeah, well, I mean, no, not really my age because I've been used to that my whole life when, when presenting from people in sales. But I think it was more of less like I'm giving advice to people far more successful than me. Oh. Right? But, but, my, but I'm a lot younger and my, the avenue I had taken has been a little bit different than theirs. Yeah. And so it actually ended up being quite successful. I had like almost half the people in that room contact me like within that day or the next day wanting to eat coffee or giving you more advice on like motivation or books and stuff like that which is pretty i mean it was a lot of people like at least 10 people that did afterwards so so it's an it it definitely uh helped me with that but the first couple minutes was interesting so yeah i'm in the same boat i mean i'm starting to take on more more responsibilities that have me getting up in front of people and talking um the gym is not that bad i feel pretty comfortable at the gym because you're talking about stuff you know yeah, you know pretty well and it's like you wrote the workout you should know what the workout you should know how to do everything so that seems pretty pretty comfortable to me but like at work when you're talking in front of your coworkers, sometimes it's different depending on who the coworkers are um if they're field guys or if they're like your <laughs> are you okay <laughs> i didn't know what work you were talking about <laughs> go on uh, but I, I don't know where that comes from a lot of people a lot of people have <laughs> A lot of people have that, that they, don't they say that's like the number one fear of people is getting up in front of people and talking. Yeah, sure. And I do it a lot, but it's never not, it's never comfortable. It's never really comfortable. There's always you, that like nervousness. Are you better with like field workers versus like superiors? Like, cause you understand your position or is it? I'm better with people. Better. Like I spoke in front of some office people mm-hmm. and I'm not as, I guess, intimidated by them. Yeah. But then like, why do I need to feel like I'm intimidated by the field guys. I mean, they're like more like, you know, rough and tough dudes. Guys, yeah. yeah. So it's more like, you already kind of know. Sorry. 
Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Joe never fucking talks. <laughs> you think it's because maybe you're talking about things that they, maybe they have like a higher expertise in, or is it? No, it's just it's you that. kind of already have an idea that they don't really care too much what uh, you're saying okay. a little bit. Is that guy, I, I think it's the same. I think it's this weird that I think is super fucking stupid that I think women have such an advantage in. The male culture is you don't talk about serious shit or like progressing exactly or like exactly motivation. Yeah, and it's fucking. He's talking about progression, motivation, whatever it is, like just being better as a person. Yes. Exactly Males do not. It is super. I think it's like an ego thing because you don't want to come off like an asshole. Like, yeah. Well, you're talking about emotions. You're emotions, talking about yeah. like it's not. That's why I'm like, bro. I've talked to. I've seen plenty of girls have conversations with each other about like when they. That's why guys never talk about like relationships and shit. Yeah. Like it's because guys are super uncomfortable with emotions, and it's such a flaw in the male fucking fucking characteristics or whatever it is, yeah. because I think it doesn't allow for growth. That's why I think it's. Because you got to be vulnerable. you got to be vulnerable. Guys don't like to be vulnerable anymore cause in front of each other because they're worried that they'll look like less of a man. And it's yeah. fucking, it's, I think it's super true. I got really uh, irritated with Ash the other day. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's a funny, funny story is we were driving something happened to one of her friends and it was just this whole drama thing that she explained to me, which I don't really care about in the first place. And she was telling me, and then it was fun, we were driving to the freaking pictures for the challenge and she goes, it was like, what, fucking five in the morning. She goes, so how do you think she like really felt about that situation? And I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me this question at 5 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with, I mean, the 5 a.m., but it has to do with probably like the feelings and the fact that I don't even want to express that feeling, right? Aside from the fact that it was 5 a.m., but it, it was that exact same thing. What are you talking about? Like, what, she's gonna, I'm like, just go ask Bliss. <laughs> you guys can talk about her 10 hours. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, that's tough. It's, I think it's, it's very similar to what you're saying, right? So. But I, I think I, I like, like we always talked about, you kind of, I'm choosing these things so that it's like, you get to, just got to put yourself in the situation so you get more comfortable with it. Yeah. Like that's the goal, right? Got to do it more and more. So, yeah. yeah. I'm speaking in front of a bunch of high schoolers. Did I say rough and tough? Yeah. Come on, guys. We're gonna get rough and tough today. Um, I would say I'm like the opposite. I think for me, being uncomfortable is being quiet. I talked about this. I talked about this the other day. I've not felt more. I don't know if this is, I don't know why I associate the two, but for me, uncomfortable comes when I feel irrelevant. So I was talking about the other day, I was in a room, I was trying to, yeah, I was at a workout trying to build a relationship with this specific company and in the room was the CEO, like two or three of the founders and a bunch of the trainers and a bunch of people who would take the classes and all that stuff. And... I know I'm fucking, I, I mean, I genuinely believe I am a world-class trainer. Genuinely believe that. I felt like I shouldn't have been in that room. And it was just because I wasn't comfortable. It was my first time in there. I didn't, they all clearly had relationships yep. that they commuted. And I was cast, just a yeah. fly on the wall. And to me, that is so uncomfortable because it's so not me. Like, I'm not the dude to fucking sit in the corner. It's just not me. Which I think for a lot of people is probably the opposite. But I don't know why that makes me super uncomfortable. I fucking hate it with everything of me. Um, I've, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I think everybody gets a little bit nervous to public talking. Because, fuck, you know me, I fucking will talk 
all day in front of people. I still get a little nervous when I talk in front of people, but yeah, I don't know that. That's I don't know why that's what I thought of when I thought of getting out of my comfort zone. But that was it. Um, but I think the important thing to realize about comfort zone, and I've been really thinking about it recently, is I haven't felt uncomfortable for a long time, and I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably not a good thing. Yeah, it's such a bad thing, and so that's what I think can sometimes be the biggest enemy to success is being comfortable. As I think with success comes confidence and you start to, I think it's a lot easier to become complacent when you are successful. Um, and we talked about recently, I'm like, I miss the concept that I'm the fucking underdog that I miss that. And I'm not by any means saying that I was successful or anything, but I just miss the idea that fucking I'm irre- irrelevant because it makes me, get chip on my shoulder, super fucking gritty. And so recently I felt uncomfortable and as much as I hate it like anybody, I like it because I think it means without a doubt, the age old story, you, I think you have to take two steps back before you can take 10 steps forward, 100%. Yeah. I think that that's where like in sports, some of the best coaches, even like, like Bill Belichick for the Patriots, I'm not a big fan of them. He does a really good job at making that team feel like they're underdogs even when they're not, right? And it finds things that get them, that's what keeps them, and you have to do that in order to, you know, keep, so you don't get complacent. If you're Which is, uh, it's super true. And I think, uh, I heard something the other day that saying the, the best entrepreneurs and the, the most successful people are bred through um, adversity. And I think the easiest thing is to look at adversity of like the obvious things like, hey, financial hardship, uh, emotional hardship, um, like things like that, that come quite clearly. But sometimes the hardship is just being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like being forced to do that or and getting through it is often what sharpens the fucking knife or whatever you want to yeah, fucking yeah. call it. Yeah. And your boy's a fucking dagger. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, I think it's cool. Uh, moving on from that, tough decisions. Um, this would be a good one. It's actually the first time we're out to talk. I'm out to talk about some shit. Um, toughest decisions you've made this year. Um, I'll start because I'm on a roll fucking talking. And the third camera's on me, so I'll start. Um, toughest decision I made this year. Um, uh, I just sold the gyms to Nate, funnily enough. Um, which is super cool. Um, it was a really tough decision because I think, again, it was a very comfortable position I was in. Um... And selling it was really hard. I'm not going to lie. For the last, I've talked about it already. For the last several months, I've been in a pretty fucking shitty emotional state because it was a really hard thing to do. Um, And it was a tough decision. Um, Now knowing for myself, and to be honest, for the gyms, it was the best decision. Um, it's, it's nice to be on the other side. And to be honest, it only was finalized the other day. And only now do I actually feel like weight off my shoulders. I feel good about it. But um, it was super tough. And I think sometimes the easiest thing to do is I genuinely believe the toughest decisions are the right ones. I think that more times than not is the real the right kind of the right, right avenue to go down. So that's probably the hardest thing for me. Um, apart from that, Tough decisions are only tough if you make them tough. Like we all know, we all know what we want to do. I talked about it. We talked about briefly the other day. Change doesn't take a long time. Getting prepared for change takes a long time. So if you just realize, like we know, 
in a fucking instant what we want to do. It just takes us a long time to wrap our head around it. So just what I want to be better at is just fucking make the change. Just be more nimble, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a tough decision for me. Yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew that I wanted to get into training and, you know, almost even before the end of the challenge last year, but it was only until like oh. the, very, the end of last year or the end of the challenge last year that like the opportunity kind of arose, you know, and we did the shadowing. I kind of dropped off because I was studying for my test, came back and like, so like, just like you're saying, it took a while to actually get to the final decision where I was like, okay, Kaylee, I need these classes and this class and like make it official. Like, yes, I'm going to start training classes. So that was a definite tough decision because it's adding stuff to my plate that definitely didn't need to be added. I don't need the extra money. I don't need the extra time away from my family to be writing workouts and teaching classes, but it's something that I really was into and something I really wanted to do. So I was like, fuck it, let's go for it. It's funny you say that and talking about the, dis the, the time it takes to make a change or the time it takes to actually have something come to fruition. I was thinking about it very recently and I'm in a position right now where I'm like, I feel like I'm in a waiting period, waiting for things to come to fruition. But when I look back at it, I remember even when I started becoming a trainer at Hardcore, I shadowed for like six fucking months. Mm -hmm. That time in my mind doesn't seem like it was long. Like I don't even remember shadowing that long. Like for me, it felt like I fucking started as a trainer like that. And it's interesting because like when you're going through the time, it feels like, fuck, is it worth it? This can take for fucking ever. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, you, eventually you're gonna have that thing and you're not even gonna remember that that even took a long time so maybe that's a good thing to remember is like at one some point if that's still your goal you will eventually just be like a fucking dope ass trainer have your own shit whatever it is whatever the goal is and all this time it took to get to that seem will seem like such a small yeah. period of time I mean I was thinking about the other day when cause I'm 30 and I got people around me turning 40 and like it's like, that seems like a long, I mean, how do you say it? You, like, you feel like you're old at 30, yeah. but dude, 10 years down the road, like I'm thinking about when my kids are in high school, that seems so far away. And like, if I'm not trying to do things now, like. Bro, 10 years is a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you when I was 30, it's a big difference. I mean, it, the amount of stuff. I mean, literally your life can change in a fucking day, let alone 10 years. Yeah. Tough decision for me. I think one, one of the things for me was, is, and I've been really focused on getting, is making a lot of business decisions based on not being emotional. Mike and I have actually talked quite a bit about that. Um, so like for Green Guard this year, we've always done, uh, grown really, really fast. We always like to grow really fast, but we, we've really focused on growing at a more sustainable, profitable pace, which means we made some fundamental decisions on the business, on how we compensate our sales reps and price increases to, to um, to our clients, which is a little bit different than they have been in, in years past, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but these are pretty significant changes to comp plans, things like that, which actually could make them, allow them to make more money, but it also required them to, to change the way they sell. And so for me, the, t the decision was tough because of, of the emotional side of it. Like I didn't want to put them in a position where it was going to be hard for them to make as much money as they were making, even though it was quite a bit. On the other hand, you have to do what's best for the greater good, meaning for, for the business and the 60 employees that we're supporting, not just them. And so... I know that they can make more money, but I also know it's a fundamental change in the way they operate. And um, so that, that was tough for us because it was something where you have to pitch it and, and 
not, most people don't like change, but when it's a major change like that, it makes it a lot more difficult. So that was a pretty tough decision because that is going to be, it's going to help GreenGuard and its employees for years to come, but it was something that took um, a couple months to figure but out. But again, like you knew that was the right decision. It was the right decision, yeah. And it's hard, but the bigger part is expressing that to them and them understanding that, yeah, exactly. right? And understand we were we're doing this for sixty people. It was tough because of you thought of the blowback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny. Like, if you could understand this, you would be at a huge advantage. If you really think about a lot of the huge decisions you made in your life, you thought about, you knew that that decision was the right one. That was the first thought you had. I think it's pretty rare that the first decision, the first thought you have, is different to the one you eventually make. Yeah, I think the gut decision is always most, nine times out of 10, right. Like, fucking a long time ago, I knew the right decision for me was to sell the gym. A long time ago. I went back and forth on it for a million different reasons. It was the right decision. You probably knew this a long time, so I'm like, Imagine if it's hard because fuck, like there's a, there's people's livelihood at stake. Like you knew we were eventually going to change it. And right? right, and so it's like, imagine if you just go, no, I know nine times out of ten my gut decision's right. I'm gonna make we're changing today. Right now, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, sometimes don't be wrong. Like this, this is yeah. huge Life impact. Livelihood and all that, yeah. But like, imagine if you just had your wire, you were wired to be able to do that instantly. I'm deep in shit, like bro. <laughs> call me feminine. Fuck you, dudes. <laughs> I fucking talk about emotions all day. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Bliss's here. Let's hear it. I'm not going to interrupt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Which lip gloss you put on this one? What? <laughs> no, I'm actually going to get like super real with everybody and share like my like deep, dark stuff. Um, ugh, so like, I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to say my biggest... Um, what is the question? Toughest decision Tough. you made this Toughest year. Toughest decision, okay. Um, what to say for this fucking question? <laughs> <laughs> you already just made a decision to say it, to so say it. <gasps> so, um, mine was to um, move out on my own, and what a lot of people just don't know, which I've pretty much like tried to like keep to myself just because of like what I was like going through, but uh, I got married at 19, I'm 27. Um, we've actually been together for 13 years this month and so like this has been like like you were saying like something that like we both have like been experiencing and like known for like a while now that this was going to happen but it's extremely uncomfortable and like we are very comfortable with each other because we've known each other since we were kids and we've been together since we were kids so this whole process of like me branching off and like getting my own place and you know he's moving to the east coast in a couple of days so it's just like next chapter of your life yeah so it's been extremely uncomfortable and scary and terrifying and all of that fun stuff and if you don't mind me asking you're not allowed to interrupt me (laughs) no it's gonna it's gonna ask it's gonna ask and if you don't mind asking because this is just tough i presume people can understand how that's hard to share but what was this, if you don't mind me asking, what was the d- this deciding factor personally mm-hmm. on what was, why you decided, was it for like, you felt like you couldn't be yourself or whatever it is? Cause I know, should I talk to a dude today who said the exact same thing? And to be honest, he isn't going anywhere. And it's cause he's just, his happiness wasn't important enough to get out of that. Mm-hmm. What makes that decision? Um, 
Well, what makes it so hard is that he is genuinely like a great human being. So it had nothing to do with I'm not in like a good relationship or whatever. And so that's what made it a decision that took forever for us to like decide, me primarily. But what finally was like the, what is it, the straw, oh, the camel's, the camel's back. back, yeah, is that for me, I just realized that like I wanted to go in a direction that, like you were saying, there's a path for everything. And I knew that if I were to stay in that relationship that there are certain paths I would never get to go down and I, my life would go a completely different way. And I just reached a point where I was, you know, vi envisioning my life and I was just like, I, as much as I could be happy going down this path that I had that planned on and like committed to, I just knew that it would haunt me forever if I never ventured off and like saw what I the potential that I could do and got myself uncomfortable because the most comfortable thing for me to do was to stay where I was at and like be taken care of and like not have to worry about anything and like now I'm like totally just like finding roommates out on my own and having roommates bail on me and like doing all of the fun stuff so but I just know that like this is what's going to cause me to grow the most and like this is what's gonna be. I will never have, like feel like haunted about like I didn't try to like see what I. Your could path do. changed, right? Yeah. You just you kind of you grew up and you guys went in different directions. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty major decision. I yeah. mean, yeah. and it's like uh, it kind of sounds almost selfish when you first start talking about like you can't do the things that you want to do. Yeah. But the thing is, you were doing it for his benefit because you're gonna end up resenting him anyways yeah. if you aren't able to do what you want. Such to do. a good point. I mean, it, it's fucking. Probably the number one, I love cliche saying, but it's the number one cliche thing of you can't make anybody else happy until yeah. you make yourself happy. Yeah. And there's obviously fucking individual intricate details to every scenario, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, whatever it is. I think the most important part is you have to be happy personally because of what your actions, your happiness cannot be in the hands of someone else. Yeah. And if it is, like Joe said, short term, cool, you might be able to live with it, but ask yourself that age-old question, what we talked about even with the same with the career, 10 years, 20 years from now, are you going to be happy or are you gonna have regrets? What if, right? What if, and I'm like, shit, it's a huge decision. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the reasons of it are basic. Right. And along with uh, the whole theme of timing, like. What was the different? What was the time gap between when you thought like, "Oh shit, like this is, might have to be over," and the time where you like actually said, "Okay, this is gonna." Be I over. actually first talked with my parents and I like said what I was like feeling like, "I don't know if this is gonna be forever." In 2014, and that was the first time I ever said it out loud that like, "Hey, like this is how I'm feeling," but they were like, "No, no, no, like." This is how everybody feels. And this is like so, four or five years later where it's actually like... Yeah, and then in 2016, him and I discussed it, and then since 2016, it's been this like back and forth, like, should we, should we not, should we, should we not, yeah, so... To me, it seems like an easy decision when you think about it now, like, dude, you were back and forth, like, obviously there was something something wrong, like... Yeah. It's hard when you're in the moment, though. You get like this tunnel vision. When you have emotional ties, and especially yeah. it's just like, and you're not on the same page, it just like makes it so complicated. And I'm a people pleaser too, so. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. No, really. MVP of this yeah. episode. <laughs> and I wrote the question. It's still me, but <laughs> sixth man of the year, bliss. <laughs> um, anyway, 
from that, and I think the coolest thing, and again, why we get so vulnerable is, I know there's people that listen that are in similar scenarios, and whether or not, and I think they may know the same as you that this is the right decision. They may never act on it, but at the very least, it makes you feel comf- comforting knowing that you're not the only person. Like you're not a terrible person for feeling this way. Like you really aren't. Um, so a hey, again, thank you, thank you everybody. Just dope. Um, moving next question: What is a mindset that you think gets in the way of a lot of people achieving what they want? Kind of comes off the back of a lot of this. I'll start to kind of give some reference to what I'm talking about. Um, I saw a couple of things very recently. A couple of mindsets that I think are very limited that affect people achieving what they want. A concerns of what others think, um, and then B people feeling like um, uh, they have to uh, whatever happens to them is what ha- like what makes their life as opposed to how they react to it. So I can't remember what the exact saying is like. So. Your, condi- your conditions rather than your reactions uh, shape your life is what a lot of people think. They, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's fucking raining outside, I can't do this. Or fucking this person, Randall's not answering my DM, so I fucking, it's never gonna happen. How do you react? Your reaction to the conditions that have been given to you is what makes you achieve what you want. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to very simply realizing, and I think this answers the question of both of them, that genuinely, once you start taking ownership that anything and everything you want is entirely up to you, don't get me wrong, sometimes you need help, support, and whatever, but that help and support comes on the back of you making that decision. I think every decision, when you realize that, A, it becomes comforting knowing that, hey, really, your future's in your hands. If you decide not to take it on, then it's empowering, empowering, but it's also scary because Imagine if you don't achieve your things and you understand it was because you didn't do it. It's very easy to not achieve your goals and blame it on other people. You don't have to take ownership. What's the, was it 10X? Because I was just reading it, I swear I've heard that before. He, was it um, Grant Cardone that said, no matter what happens, you take responsibility for it? Yeah, it was to like ex- extreme like, levels. Some drunk driver hits you, you're like, I'm sorry, I should, I should have left 10 minutes earlier from my house. Right, 100%, and it's, ex- it's extreme ownership of your, what you, your actions, but 100%, it, he takes it to like the extreme, like you said, when it's like quite clearly <laughs> you didn't do something, but if you start, if you understand, if you act as if that was your fault, yeah. the things that were really your fault are much easier. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's that. I think a lot of people decide to blame other things because it's simpler. But if imagine being, we've just talked about a bunch of things that are tough decisions, getting out of comfort zone. I think the scariest thing in life, I've talked about it before, is if I turn, if I'm 50 and I realize that I didn't achieve what I wanted to, understanding it was because I didn't put in the work or take those actions. It'd be much easier to be 50 and be like, ah, oh, fucking... I don't know. Yeah, you know, I didn't have the genetics to be fucking have a six pack. I just, that's why. That that's much easier to to handle, right? Whereas if I just said no, my fat ass couldn't stay away from wings, and I didn't fucking work out enough. Yeah. That would be fucking haunting yeah. to me. But I also think that's where opportunity is because when you start realizing that, it becomes quite simple, and you start realizing the opportunity is really fucking endless. And I know it, the first. Five times people hear me say this shit, you can tell they roll their eyes in the back of their head. 
but I fucking mean it. Opportun any opportunity is yours so long as you understand that it's you who has to take it on. It's not no one else's fucking role to do to make you successful. I think a couple of those things too that kind of piggyback on what you're saying is uh, we talked about this last week is eliminating beliefs that people have about themselves, um, right? I think that really will dictate mindset, right? So um, relevant to like what Bliss said when, with her saying, oh, I'm not smart, which is clearly not the case or she wasn't uh, creative, right? Which, was, which we proved it wasn't the case either, right? So, but if she believes that, she's gonna, she's gonna create some limitations for herself to really go where she wants to be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a big one is people need to, to get out of their own way when it comes to that. And I, I think just as big of a deal with, with what I've been preaching a lot lately and I can tell even more so now is really understanding who your circle is and people are around you, right? Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time surrounding myself with a lot more positive people over the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden you'll have a conversation with one or two people that you don't necessarily talk to as much. That, and all of a sudden it just brings a lot even more about how, why you don't hang out with them because there's some type of negative connotation towards the discussion you had with them. If it's just, why are you doing this? Or I don't, I can't, I don't how do you handle all this? Just whatever it may be where, because you don't hear that as much, those types of things like ring in your head a little bit more like, well, now I remember why I don't, I'm not around those people, right? And I think having those people in your corner really are going to pump you up to do things that are pretty great versus, versus if you have people that are, that are just aren't bringing you down or not, or bring a lot of, not bring a lot of value to your life, right? So I think those are two big things that really dictate mindset. I mean, they have for me anyway, so. Yeah, I, I think part of the reason why I made the tough decision that I, that I made is partly because of what you're talking about, how you're thinking, down the road, you know, what are you gonna think when you look back? And it's like, mm -hmm. I had opportunities, you know, I had people who were pushing me to, to make a decision to do something. I had an opportunity to be around other people who are motivated and that could push me towards goals that I didn't think I could get. And I didn't take advantage of those opportunities, right? So that was part of the reason why like, you know, I don't know where it's gonna end up, but let's try it and see what happens type of thing. Um, and then going along with the limiting beliefs, it's like I think uh, a lot of people or a mindset people might have is, the fact that you don't think you're good enough. Yeah. And that's part of the reason what I'm, or one of the things I'm dealing with is, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough uh, knowledge uh, with fitness or different uh, philosophies about fitness. Um, I think the more mindset I need to have is that I'm not good enough yet. You know, I want to put the work in. I think as long as I get to a place where I'm like, I feel good about my knowledge and like I put work in and, you know, I get to a point where I'm like, I put a lot of work into it. You know, this is who I am. This is where it's at. If someone wants to, you know, take my class, if someone wants to hire me as a trainer, like, that's good. I mean, yeah. it's kind of where I'm trying to get to, yeah. right? So. No, I, I agree. I think it's that you. I I think I've said it to some of you guys. Just like, you're gonna have enough haters in the world. Don't let yourself yeah. be one of them. <laughs> like, don't add to that fucking list. And it's super true. It's yeah. like, I like to look at people that aren't quote unquote special. So. Natural born talent is sometimes a, allows people to have a good excuse as to why they can't achieve those things. So for example, LeBron James. LeBron James is fucking naturally gifted when it comes to being a fucking athlete, right? Let's not look at him. Let's look at fucking, I don't know. Danny Woodhead for the Chargers and Patriots. Yeah, let's look at someone who like that. He's fucking five foot 10. Like, I wouldn't say he's over athletic. He's quick, but he's not, I'm sure there's quicker dudes. Yeah. Why did he do that? And it's because he realized that it was, he put in the work and it was entirely up to him. And I love your idea of like, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Because I think what that understands is it, it allows you to be humble in knowing that, hey, I'm not just going to wake up one day and be the fucking best trainer in the world. You've got to earn it. Yeah. But 
it is earnable. Yep. And I think like, I think that's what a lot of people go wrong. They're like, uh, they compare themselves to professional athletes. And it's like, first of all, you don't just wake up and be a fucking professional athlete. They, it takes a long fucking time, which allows you to appreciate it more when you get there. But that's the thing, like, make your goals as if there is really nothing that you cannot do. And at the end of the day, for practical reasons, search for someone that has done something similar to what you want to achieve. And if they look anything like you, and I'm not talking like fucking no one's as good looking at me, but like if they look, I'm just talking about like generally, if they are like anything like you, like whatever it is, came from any kind of background as you, and they did it, 100% it's fucking possible. And so like when you do that, you can be like, oh, they can do it. And they didn't have the perfect, like a lot of super successful people did not have amazing upbringings or advantages or, or, or any of that. So like, 100% really, if people just fucking believed they could fucking do anything and just tried and just realized that if you put in enough work, you're gonna get pretty fucking close to that. You might not have enough talent to get what you want, but I guarantee you'll get a way lot further than you would have if you didn't even try. And so, yeah. Is Mike boring you with the yawn or? A little bit. Yes. Well, you just told your life story. I'd be the one yawning. Sorry. <laughs> I've been up since three. Um, okay. For me, um, I just heard this yesterday from someone that I look up to, and I thought it was really cool, and I, I made actually like my little quote for in the class. But um, he was relating basically like your mindset to a workout. Like he was breaking it down. He said, nobody is necessarily like better at certain exercises or whatever it is it's that when they walk in and if somebody is really good at doing snatches let's just say that barbell snatches are like their shit and they're really good at them no i'm not talking about you homie um <laughs> then they're going to all of a sudden be telling themselves oh i'm going to kill this workout i'm super strong i'm really good at snatches and so they're going to have this mindset so they're automatically going to have a better workout but say they're like me and they see barbell back squat on there and they're like I'm not good at those, <laughs> super weak, my quads are weak, this is going to be really hard. Then all of a sudden the workout's going to be a lot harder because yeah. they put themselves in that mindset. And so he was talking about like how we do that with everything. Like you can be like walking up to your job and be like, this is going to suck. I hate everybody in there. Everybody's mean. Everybody's in bad moods. And so all you're going to see is people in bad moods and people being jerks and like all this Never stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like we really make every situation like. He's trying so hard not to interrupt me right now. It's hilarious. <laughs> you can see him. He's like, it's like a dog not allowed to grab the bone. <laughs> Look at the dog. I can't grab the toy. He's just like, literally, as you said that, I was like, I just wait. Just <laughs> Go on. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so basically they're like, we create any situation and that it's not good or bad. It's just that we're telling ourselves if it's good or bad and go. Oh, so <laughs> finally you say that. Um, no, I mean, I heard something the other day where it's like po positive self-talk. Uh, like, even if you don't believe it, just say shit. So if you hate your fucking job, whatever, try it a couple of days, trying up be like, fucking love kind of work. I, I love fucking, I love Steve in the annex. He's fucking cool. Fucking best friends. Love this shit. Anyway, try it. Or like, try it. Hey, fucking love leg day. Fucking love back squats. So good at them. 
So good. And like, you know what I mean? And you'd be surprised because they say, you said exactly right. If you go on, tell, if you go on in, whether it's in your mind or specifically out loud and say, oh, I'm fucking, yeah, I suck at back squats. You're going to suck at back squats. Like 100%. So at least lie to yourself and be like, oh, I'm fucking dope at back squats. You know, back squats is a really weird exercise to not feel like you're good at. I don't like that. It's a very squats. simple workout. Look how long these femurs are. I mean, <laughs> that might be your first problem. Imagine her seriously in boot camp, be like, "Hey, seriously, I can only squat 185 because I got like long femurs." <laughs> that's your that's negative talk. She's telling herself how long her femurs are. Yeah. Now you, you just made an excuse that your bones are too long to do back squat. Um, that's interesting. Like, I think uh, I think I have a with. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do what you're saying. You know, like positive self-talk kind of a like not speaking to existence but like i think one way of this person and i'm like you know what let's just not think of them that way let's go into it <laughs> you're gonna fucking edit this shit now <laughs> since you motherfuckers are laughing and shit this is someone at my job and i'm like i don't really care to like say anything to them and i could just go around, go throughout my day not saying anything to them but like now i think i need to try to like have that not conversation, but just like pretend like, hey, we're we're cool, we're good. Like, let's try to. Yeah. No, I and it's it's fucking because sometimes it's dumb, especially like shit. I told you guys, like, I'll say some shit in my head, and I don't even believe it. Like some of the shit I write for my goals, as I'm writing it, I'm literally like, bro. Like about how attractive you are. Right? You ain't ever. No, that shit's that shit's one hundred. I don't even need to write that. I got photos of that. But, no, like, we're talking about, like, uh, like, I'll write goals that, I wrote a goal the other day that I was going to be the best trainer in the world. And in my head, as I'm writing it, I'm literally like, bro, the fuck? Just fucking, you, that's dumb. No, you're not. You, you don't have this, you don't have that. And it's like, no, let me just fucking be like, yes, I do. I'm going to be that. And it's, it's that positive self-talk. And I think through work i've always said this i get my confidence out of work yeah. work ethic is i've i'm never more unconfident than when i know i haven't put in the time yeah never more unconfident yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm fucking super confident when i know what the when i've been outworking people on shit so i think that's where i get my confidence to so find where you get confidence um and that positive self-talk it's it's real it really works so it'll be interesting to watch joe uh, in that specific scenario you won't see it um, let's knock this last question in 10 minutes let's do it cool um, pressure from Joe he just got a text from his wife asking to be home so. um, uh, last question uh, I get one specific person who listens name's Wendy shout out Wendy what up Wendy um, who um, sends me a bunch of, or she posts them a lot and she sends me a bunch of these I guess outlines or descriptions of what a leader is or examples of what a leader is um, I think it's cool um, a leader can be in anything. It can be in a business. It can be in a, f a friend setting. It can be in a, a, a fitness setting, whatever it is. Uh, a, first part of the question, do you consider yourself a leader? Um, and next part of the question, what are some characteristics of leaders that you think are important or that make a leader? Um, I'll start. For me, I think I am a leader. I think... Characteristics that make the best leaders are leaders that don't necessarily nominate themselves. They just, it's just known 
Like I, so certain people you just know are leaders and I don't know what that is and I don't know why in that setting they become a leader. I think a lot of it is an unspoken confidence. I think a lot of it is through um, work ethic and things like that. I think a lot of the times natural leaders are the ones that work the hardest or the most expert in their specific things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the best kind of a leader is someone who uh, leads by example. Um, to me, there's, I hate the concept of telling people what to do. I think that's shitty. I think, it's, I think that concept becomes harder and harder to follow the larger the scale of a business. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you can figure out a way to lead by example. Um, I listened to something the other day. It was a guy who is the creative director for Kanye. Um, and isn't Kanye the creative director? Of well, before before <laughs> Kanye was the creative director of Kanye, before that happened, this dude um, he created all of his big time things. So he created the Yeezus stuff. He created all the uh, Pablo. Mer- he created all that stuff. All the um, album art. All the merchant. Uh, all the merch. All the pop up shops. All the album art. All the um, the shows and the creative, and he created all that shit. Anyway, he was speaking about how um, how hard he worked, and he said that what people don't understand is how inspiring Kanye is, because all you see is the fucking rah rah. And trust me, I don't agree with a lot of the shit that Kanye says. But he said the reason we were so inspired by Kanye was he would work, and this fucking hyped me up like crazy. He said Kanye would work for two days straight, wouldn't sleep, and the rest for everybody came, so when they could go home and get some sleep or grab something to eat or something, was when Kanye would fall asleep in the studio. He said it'd be like 4 a.m., he'd been up for 48 hours straight, it wouldn't be a planned break, he'd just fall asleep. Cause he just fucking like had nothing left, he just yeah. shut down and fell asleep. And he said everybody knew at that point, cool, we can go and fucking get some, get some rest, get some food, whatever it is. And whenever they got notifications that Kanye woke up again, it was back to work. <laughs> wow. And I think that is the fucking definition. I don't know why him specifically came and was an example. To me, that's the fucking definition of a leader, which is homeboy does not need to work for 48 hours straight. He can take, he can work fucking chill hours. He's fucking Kanye. But do you know how fucking inspiring that would be to, I mean, to be in that yeah. setting? Yeah. Fuck. Like, I think the, the definition of inspiration is when someone is so confident in their path that they're confident enough to drag other people with them. Yeah. I think that was, you know, for me, I'd like to think I'm a uh, leader, and I think that's part of what you were saying in regards to that you have to, it's, you know, you gotta, it's going to be your actions over your words. I, I'm a firm believer that if I ever have to pull the boss card, which I hardly ever have to do, but if I do, I failed somewhere in that, in that execution or whatever that particular task is, right? If I had to say, I need you to do it because I told him you, you need to do it, then I didn't engage with him properly to get them to understand the importance of whatever it is I'm asking them to do. So I, I know from a lot of leaders and people that are um, business owners that I know that are extremely successful relative to their culture and people follow them. A lot of it is due to the fact that the employees are very clear or people, their friends are very clear on you know the relationship that they have with them and or employees are clear on the roles. And then and people basically operate autonomously. You don't need to necessarily ask them to do things. They're going to be willing to help you. Uh, they understand the common goal. And, and that, I think, is where more of a leader needs to be versus having to be like a dictator or, or a conductor. Um, even though there's plenty of good leaders or conductors, I think the reality is, is that people just understand what the roles are or 
you know, how the relationship works relative to husband, wife, or friends, and it just becomes kind of a fluid exercise on a day-to-day basis versus it being something where it's like a functional step one, step two, step three type of process. Yeah, I like that. I like that not having a definition like you don't have to say you're the boss. You just, no. that's, that's just the, what it is. Um, that's really cool what you're talking about, how you're, you, what is it? You said you're so confident you just like pull pe- people with you. Yeah, and I think that's a, yeah, that'll be, be a big, like, I guess, you know, milestone for me when I get to a place where like you have a business idea or you have a, an idea and it's like you, when you tell people and you're like, dude, this shit's going to work. Like you want to be part of this. Like that'll be a big, I think. A big, and you, and you mean it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're not full of shit. Like yeah. you've done your, your, the work and you're like, bro, this is going to like, you know, this is going to be good. Um, and there's, to me, I don't think there's a better feeling. Yeah. Like. I have an idea for a business I thought we've talked about. I've thought about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, to this fucking day, will walk into any room with any level of person and their expertise and be so fucking confident about that. And there's no better feeling. Yeah, that's tight. Uh, as, far as, as far as being a leader, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fuck I've me, been, right? <laughs> I've, been, I've been in a leadership role in different ways where like no one else wants to be the leader, so I have to step up. Or, you know, you end up, you're in a group, you're trying to figure out what, who's going to be the leader. I end up being the one that asks the most questions on this or that. And it's like, well, we should make Joe the leader because he seems to be the one that's asking, you know, the most questions. Um, I think a, a big one is leading by example. Uh, I'll just use like being a trainer at Hardcore Fitness. Like I was kind of uh, going back and forth whether I should be still taking classes like as a trainer. But then I'm. I well, I mean, first of all, I really like the workout, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do the workout. But I thought it might be a, di- it might be weird for the members who are like, this guy's just another w- member. Like, you know, why do I need to be looking up to him to be a trainer? Um, but I feel like maybe the more of the mindset is like, he's suffering with us. He knows what what yeah. it takes to get through this workout. So when he's telling us what to do, like, I kind of trust him or you know anything like that. Like sometimes during the fight camps they're timed by a certain station finishing their reps. If we don't have a lot of people with that in that group, I end up doing the reps, right? Super cool. So I'm like, I go and like, it's actually really, really, people like it, yeah. really tight. Because <laughs> like, it was like, okay, we got to do Fucking, six, I'm pretty dope. We got to do six rounds of thrusters and like I'm doing thrusters and I'm dying. And like the girls are like cheering me on and shit. So like, it's, <laughs> the girls. I mean, uh, yeah. Jesus, not, not like that. Like, <laughs> Miguel and Miguel. <laughs> Good thing you don't listen to it. <laughs> it actually, you know, instead of being something where it's like, who's this guy? He's just, you know, they. I think they really respect it. You know. I will say, when I was training down in San Diego, fuck, until very recently, I was scared to take class. I don't know if it was because I thought they'd see me as one of them and lose that kind of. Right. Uh, I was scared that they were going to be fitter than me and, and not from like that perspective, but like that would lose my credibility right, that right, then they'd be like the fuck. But again, it comes back to that confidence of like, yeah, I, I 100% know what you're talking about. It was the fucking like, I fuck, I think this is dope. When, when you have to feel like you have to let someone know that you're different to them you've you're you're not nothing special when you're confident enough to make people feel like you are no different to them you're special Mm -hmm. because it goes without saying like they know you know what you're fucking talking about regardless of if you just sat and watched the explanation of the boot camp with them Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean yeah 
I think that's what's special. The number one thing I hear too when I take classes, people are like, I love seeing like you die in class. And like, they like love it. So like, it like makes them feel, I think Part like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we'll sit in, in the trenches with you and die too. Right. So I don't know. Um, for me, what makes a good leader, I think, um, well, what was really cool is we talked about this last week, how I had my experience of like how a group of people who were like all older than me picked me to be their leader in this like event, which I don't know like what made them, what I was doing that made them feel <laughs> that, uh, like to pick me, but like I feel like when it comes to like training, I think like my passion and like my connection with people, how I can like connect with them like emotionally, I think that's what makes me a good leader because people feel very connected to me in a deep way, usually like pretty quickly. And then I'm, they can see that I'm very passionate about what I do. So like for me, like me being a leader when it comes to like the trainer aspect, I think that's what I hold. And I think also like a big thing is like my genuineness and like my vulnerability and like my realness, I think. Like I, mm -hmm. like I posted on my story today that I was drooling on my couch, so <laughs> on my nap, so. <laughs> I like try to keep it, <laughs> I try to keep it as real as possible and just let people know that like I'm a total like, yeah, loser sometimes and yeah, I'm just like, I have a lot of times, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I just like try to keep it as genuine as possible and like it. Yeah. We talked, <laughs> we talked about it last week off camera. I think it was right after you left. We talked about it, how. And I've thought, of, I've thought about it ever since, which was the concept that you never get defensive about shit that isn't true. Yeah. So exactly. think about when times people have said stuff, said stuff to you and you get defensive. Mm -hmm. Or like you're, you're worried about working out with people because you're worried that it'll... There's sometimes the, the reason you're like that is because there's truth behind it. And so I talked about it. I'm like, I remember I used to get super defensive about people asking me if I had worked out. And it was because I wasn't working out at that time like how I would want to. But when I know that I'm on my shit and someone can be like, bro, I haven't fucking seen you in the gym. Yeah, cool, I'd be fine. Because you know you're on your shit. Yeah. And so if you can understand that and understand, you're gonna know when you're being defensive because you'll fucking be yelling at someone or like <laughs> in an I put money on it that there's some truth behind what someone's saying which is why you're defensive. Yeah. And if you can just take the emotions out of it, which is what we try to do is even though we get emotional on this thing is you take the emotions out of it and you can address, okay, shit, they're right. Yeah. Then next time you won't get defensive about it. Lay down the ego. Yeah. I think ego is a big thing when we get defensive. Yeah. Cool. Like Tight. Tight. Um, awesome. That was episode number 15. Thank you so much for listening. Um, until next time, we'll get our workouts in. I'm writing for the, waiting for these fools to write me a workout. It'll be chill. Slackers, man. Uh, yeah, anyway, until next time, peace. Thank you so much for listening.